Hello, everyone, and welcome to our new, oh, our 30th episode of this Hello. Is this is 30. <sighs> Guys, wow. that's a lot. <laughs> we would be um, high-fiving right now if we, we were would, in the same yeah. room. Air high-five, Skype high-five, yeah. FaceTime high-five, <clears throat> whatever it is. <laughs> um, we have a really fun episode. I felt like everything really yeah. came together. I feel like everything we talked about, like, it all correlated with each other. So it was really good, and Math is going to tell you all about it. Math is to you. <laughs> Yeah, um, so we talked a lot about movie stuff as always, but like John said, it, it was it was all very connected, this episode. It's a very like uh, passion-driven episode, and we get into yeah. that a lot at the end, but leading up to it, we talk about Ocean's 8, like we, uh, we jump back in on that, and we tell you the updates. Uh, Narnia has a new movie coming out. We're both pretty excited about that, so we talked about that. We recheck in on the method acting conversation, because... Uh, you know, coming into coming into uh, Suicide Squad, we had an episode talking about method acting. But now that we're on the retrospective side of that movie coming out, and Jared Leto's performance is the newest method acting uh, stunt, we sort of check back in, and we got an email requesting us to do that. So that was a good conversation. Listen to me teach you guys about tsunami balls. I was just going to remind you that we talked about that. Yeah, it's really cool. Guys, it's and interesting. You guys should love it as much as I do. Yeah, I feel like you will. What else did I talk about, John? That's Avalon. enough. No. Avalon. That's right. We watched Avalon this week. Avalon is uh, our newest movie for our movie segment. Um, interesting movie. One of those movies that's been forgotten by time. Not because it wasn't good, but because things are just forgotten. <laughs> I just had a serious moment of deja vu right now. Oh, good. We talked a lot about passion this week, and... I haven't really talked uh, much about uh, the short film that I've been working on for the past few months until uh, this episode, really, like was the first time that I got really uh, detailed about it. So I talked a little bit about it and how it's really been um, fueling my life because of how much time I've been pouring into it. And it's it's this like interesting phenomenon that I think happens with the human spirit that we talked about Mm -hmm. at the end of the episode. Yeah. As always, you can hit us up on email at hellonadu.gmail.com, H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-U at gmail.com, or on Twitter, hellonadu. We had a lot of fun Twitter interactions this week, which was fun. It was, Um, yeah. And you can always rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes. We did a fun poll on Twitter if Mathis looks like uh, Steve from Stranger Things. People were on my side when we said no. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. (laughs) Bye. Oh, shit. (laughs) Let me do that again. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. See you next week. Nope, that's terrible too. They're about to see me in one second. I'm putting all of this in. Enjoy. Hi, Mathis. Hi, how are you doing? Super. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, Good. What'd you do this week? You went to a wedding yesterday, right? Yes. Um, my week, I'm starting back up with school stuff because we start school this next week. Mm. So holla out to my school friends. You out there? <laughs> nope. You're teaching. Cricket. Um, <laughs> um, so we had a lot of uh, meetings and trainings and all that schnaz. And yeah, yesterday I had a wedding that we went to is very low key. I'm not going to go into details because no one wants to hear about it. 
But then we went to... <laughs> I um, do. <laughs> I do. My uh, brother-in-law's mother's birthday party. I forgot you were doing um, that too. Yes. And that was really fun because I got to see my sister and brother-in-law and there was uh, a pinata and... <laughs> Number one question, what kind of pinata was it? Well, it was, was it made a by a... F- no, it was a 70, because she was 70 years old. It's almost ironic, right? Because it's like a pinata at a 70-year-old's birthday. You mean because they'll break their hip? No, <laughs> I just mean oh. <laughs> because little kitties have pinatas at their birthdays, and she's 70. Oh. So it's kind yeah, of I ironic, guess. you know? How about you? How was your week, Mathis? It's been uh, really busy. I... Uh, this week, I really felt like a filmmaker, like full on, and I haven't like, felt that way in a I long time. Should I be clapping? Time. No, I don't. No? I don't know. I guess. I feel you like can, that's a big step, though. You can clap whenever we uh, whenever we make the movie. Well, you know what? I'm going to do more than clap. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is clapping going to do? <laughs> no, but <laughs> it's, a, it's an exciting step, though. the guy though. who just clapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's been a long time since I felt this much like a like a full on filmmaker. We are we're two weeks out from shooting, so mm-hmm. we are we are in the heart of the the. Beast Did you even right share now. that you're sh- uh, making a short film? I don't know if you have. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. The inside scoop is that I I wrote this screenplay. This short mm-hmm. film, it's about 13 pages long. It uh, takes place in Mexico. And me and Anna, who we mention a lot on this program. Anna, hello. Yeah, and she's definitely listening to this because she is a, what's the word? Uh, a fan? Yeah, but <laughs> I like, know we don't have many of those. Loyal, but... loyal listener. She's <laughs> oh, a loyal okay. listener. Um, <laughs> but me and Anna, Anna is producing it. We've been working yeah. on uh making it come to life for the past year and we're shooting in two weeks so basically every every possible duty that our two roles have is on us at this moment so uh we will circle back around that at the end because we're gonna have uh, a conversation about fulfill like being fulfilled by passions and pouring yourself into things so yes i'll save a little more of basically the the emotional and spiritual journey that I've been through in the past few weeks with just getting closer and closer to all of these things. But for now, a word from our sponsors. Yeah. Cricket. Ba- Cricket. Cricket. <laughs> Cricket. And we're back. Hi, And everyone. we're back, uh, yeah. <laughs> so this week, Mathis, they added more people to the Ocean's 8 movie. I knew the we were going to talk one, about this. Also, which, I did not know it was an Ocean's 8 movie until they released the new list of people. I didn't either. I thought they were just kind of like making something up because it was like Ocean's. Um, I have two thoughts, but you go first because you start. I know. Because immediately when I saw it, it said like Anne Hathaway, Rihanna. I don't remember who the other one was. Uh, I saw that those three people were added. And I was like, Mathis is not going to like this because he has not been on board with this at all. I actually so go for it. I have two points of positivity for the film after this release. First off, like I said a second ago, it's an Ocean's 8 movie. It's not an Ocean's 11 movie, which makes me feel a lot better because or not a less lot. women on screen the better, right Mathis? That's exactly where I was at. That's exactly where I was at. <laughs> I um oh, I'm shaking my head everyone. It, it feels so like one of my things whenever we talked about it a few weeks ago was I was like 11 women like 
They couldn't How find could they a, do it? They couldn't find a male who could do the job as well, like faster than a woman. I don't know. It was just like a practicality thing that just didn't make sense to me. But it, so it's a small improvement. But I'm like, okay, well, eight women, it feels more realistic. But but remember, I was talking about Ghostbusters, and I was like, it mm-hmm. makes it makes sense that it's all women because I can see four women being friends and becoming Ghostbusters, or like four women knowing each other in New York, like finding four women who are into the paranormal and they're like, okay, we're going to hunt ghosts together. 11 women is so many. Like, you know how long it would take to like piece together an 11 person crew? It would take so long. Probably just as long as the original Ocean Eleven with men. True. Sorry, that came out very aggressive. I don't, I don't know if I have a response to that, except that more men are into the heist industry than women, so it would be easier to find men. Maybe the women just don't get caught, though, and that's why we don't know that there's so many <laughs> that's in there. definitely true. That's true. Uh, yeah, a good member of the heist industry would probably be the hardest person to find in any in industry. That's true, yeah. But that was my one thing where I was like, okay, if it's, if it's less people, it's slightly more realistic. Right. And then my other thing was, I think that, remember when the first list started coming out, I was like, these women would never do a heist. Like, these are not the type of women who would pull off a heist. I think Anne Hathaway is the type of woman who would go into a heist situation. Stop shaking See, your head at me. Because that, that just, doesn't make any sense to me. Who would does. be like, Anne Hathaway would be in a heist? What role has Dark she Knight ever Rises. been in? Dark Knight Rises. She didn't, she was not a good cat woman. Excuse me? Anyone else agree with me? Anyone? Oh my God. It was a forced Catwoman. She did not. I don't. I. I didn't think she was good at it. Uh, okay. Well, I. It seemed she was very great. fake. I thought that she did a great job, and I think that she looks and feels and vibes like a heist person, nah. much more than Mindy Colling. Rude. I mean, it's just the truth. I. I guess. Kate Blanchett. I could see her in a heist. I can't. Well, I don't know why Anne Hathaway is the one out of that group that you can see as a heist. (laughs) (laughs) I said Sandra Bullock from the beginning as well. I said Sandra Bullock, and then I was like, okay, Anne Hathaway, that's another good heist member. So what's your second positive thing? That was it. You said you had two. Yeah, it's eight people and Anne Hathaway. Oh, okay. Well, you know, know, it's two positive things, Mathis. At least we got two. I think it's going to be fun. The one thing that I forgot to bring up the first time that we talked about uh-huh. this, did you see who's directing it? Uh-uh. It's Gary Ross. So you're okay with it now? Well, oh, he's, because you, you, he's a you great like director. Gary Ross. Yeah. I really like Gary Ross. So um, these things just It's okay just because he's me. a man. Oh, I knew that was coming. I knew you were going to say <laughs> that. But I'm it, surprised they didn't get a woman to direct it, honestly. I'm surprised people aren't like in an uproar. Really? Because they kind of, yeah, because with the whole uh, uh, Wonder Woman thing, they're like, only a woman could make this movie. They needed a woman to like be behind that. And I feel like with that an eight stupid. woman, I don't think it does. I see the logic behind it. And so it, now you have eight women. You would think you would you'd want a woman behind the camera that kind of just gets it. But you know, I don't well, make decisions. I mean, let's, let's come back to our conversation last week. Catherine Bigelow is a woman who's made two authentic war films. Mm-hmm. Well, and just giving you know women more opportunities to direct big budget films. I totally agree with that. That I totally agree with. So I, I see where you're coming with that. What's funny is that the bigger argument from like the more feminist agenda side is that th- this franchise is being given over to women as scraps, as leftovers, as a brand that is mostly used up by men. That's been the huge feminist uh like that's where all the articles have been that I've read. 
I think that's a kind of a weak argument. I, I do too, but, but I did want to throw it at you and see what you said. I don't, I don't see it. I think it's been long enough with the Oceans movie where yeah. it's kind of like a reboot. Mm-hmm. They, if they did another Oceans with the men, that I think would be picking up the scraps. I don't even think any of those people look right anymore. Matt Damon's nope. fatter. Like Brad Pitt looks like a dad. George Clooney. I, you know how I feel about George Clooney. Like it is, could not. Is Michael Caine in the, in those movies? I don't no, remember. He's not. He would be in it because <laughs> they're all old. Yeah, exactly. And Michael Caine would make it a better movie. But I do like some Michael Caine. Who doesn't? They should have. Uh, they should have branded the Monuments Men as like a prequel. To like oceans, <laughs> like these are their grandfathers. They should have. Maybe it would have uh, been better. Yeah, maybe it would have been a good movie. But anyways, uh, the the two those two details make me more excited for Oceans Eight. But I will say that I was already already going to see it because of Gary Ross. Like I was already oh. planning on seeing it, and I totally left that detail out last time that we talked about this. Like right. I'm a hater, but I'm going to go in and try to have fun with it. Also, speaking of reboots, Narnia is coming back. Oh, my God. I've totally forgot I was going to bring it up, and then I forgot yes, about it. Yes, I'm oh, so excited. Right. And they're not like rebooting Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe, but they're doing it starting with Silver Chair, and I'm right. all for this. I've been waiting for Narnia since the last one came out. Well, you know, it's, it's really good that they really, they really got those three out because now you can take in different cast members like yeah you know recasting eustace isn't the biggest thing uh for anybody that doesn't did you read narnia um i have read i haven't read all of them no i haven't read silver chair okay or the last battle but the others i did so silver chair does not have any of the original children in it so okay which isn't is all about like eustace almost it's eustace, eustace is a main character yeah it's eustace is the main character and the the movie starts with him running from bullies and he hides with this other classmate of his at school uh-huh. and then she accidentally gets roped in whenever they're hiding into going to narnia with him and she's not That's even cute. his friend she's just is it like, a love story no they're children disgusting I'm you just disgust me i jk how old are they are they is he the same age as he was in voyage he yeah he it's so like I think this 12. is like six months later after Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Okay. Voyage okay. of the Dawn Treader I actually thought turned out super well. I remember I remember really liking the ending because it was very much, it's, it was like the God figure. Uh-huh. And it was, I remember it was very powerful at the time. Well, I was like, oh my gosh. It's Aslan. blatant, but you can't. It is. You can't deny that it's beautiful. Like it's really majestic. It was, it was powerful. Yeah, it was majestic. Yeah. And and it don't it they they definitely got that energy off the page because mm-hmm. in the books you really feel like the majesty of those spiritual moments when Aslan right. shows up like the way they write them oh my god gives me chills right and by they I mean C S Lewis because he's I was the gonna only person I was gonna make that them. correction but I didn't want to be that guy <laughs> you know him and all his ghost writers we were all thinking it <laughs> yeah exactly. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm sure they'll recast Eustace because that kid is in everything now. But well, also, Andy's he's like old. twenty. <laughs> that that was the one thing as as the years have progressed with Narnia, where everyone was just a little anxious. Like, are they gonna make any more? Because these people are all grown up. They're huge. <laughs> Since they're making the silver chair, they're gonna make the last battle. Do you think they'll get the original kids to come back, and they'll all just be old? I would hope so. If I, I'm sure, if they're all up for it. That would probably be a good decision on that their would part. Be, that would be really cool. 
how old are they in the last battle? Are they pretty old? Like 30s? I haven't read the last battle either. But I think that would be an easy rewrite. You know, even if yeah, they, even true. if they are like our age in the movie or they're supposed to be younger. I mean, the book like it, you could just say like, no, more time has passed, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And then you just have to recast Eustace again because he would have to be. <laughs> That'd be the best. <laughs> that would be the that would be really funny. But then they recast him with the original Eustace because now <gasps> he's the proper age. Oh, my, oh my God. gosh. Do you know how much that would make me laugh? That kind of stuff makes me laugh a lot. Why? It's just, just kind of the irony. You're just like, oh. It's like the logistics of making a film are really hilarious. Like, for example, when, when the report came out this week that the insider at Wonder Woman said the movie was terrible and a, a mess. mess, I laughed so hard because I was like, this is literally the worst news that could ever leak from Warner Brothers right now. And it's it, yeah. it's funny in like a in like a terrible way. See, but here's the thing with that. I didn't even click on the article because it's one person who doesn't work there anymore. So we don't, I mean, unless the article said like why this person doesn't work there, they may be incredibly bitter. And you're right. And they, I just, I think we're taking it from one, literally one person who said it's a mess. Agreed. But what kind of made me think he was more true was that Patty Jenkins response felt super forced. No, no. That's yeah, she true. was like, that's crazy. This movie is amazing. What are you talking Dylan, about? Dylan, back me up here. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, where's Zach? Zach, tell him it's good. Zach, tell let's, him it's let's good, talk Zach. it in here. So that kind of made me think possibly true. But I, I agree with you where I'm like, I, uh, whatever. I'm laughing well, at it. Well, if we hear I'm that like, there's reshoots, mean... we'll know that messy person was right. <laughs> <laughs> messy person. Well, like we were saying, whenever Suicide Squad had reshoots, reshoots are just a... It's a part of it. It's just a and part Rogue of it. And Rogue One. Rogue One had reshoots too. Also, we are so close to Rogue One. I know. It's December? Oh my God. Or yeah. Is it November? And there's a lot coming out. Well, the big three right now are Doctor Strange, uh, Fantastic Beasts, and Rogue One. Yes. Those are the three franchise movies. You're right. We do talk about Fantastic Beasts. I was just about episode. to say, do you see what I mean? Speaking but of Suicide Squad, Steven emailed us this week. And Mm -hmm. he sent us this great article from The Atlantic that was basically this retrospective look at method acting. And he was saying how we've talked about method acting on the podcast, uh, but this article was written in response to having seen Suicide Squad now, and it's in relation to Jared Leto, who did a lot of intense things to method act as the Joker, and we've discussed Mm -hmm. them on this podcast. And you can go back and listen to it. Uh, it, It's intense, uh, but basically... The Atlantic was talking about how this isn't what method acting was like this. This has developed into something entirely new. Um, For one, it's a huge publicity stunt for studios. Jared Leto talked a lot about the extensive uh, immersion techniques he used to get into the Joker role, like just really terrible stuff like watching uh, the article talks about him watching a bunch of like crime videos, just like killings in the streets like anything he could get his hands on just to get himself into that really disgusting place which uh is a red flag for me (laughs) yeah seriously Uh, or it also talks about how you know leo dicaprio a huge part of the marketing campaign for the revenant was you know leo going out there and, and and trotting out everything he did to get into the role you know he was like i was swimming in sub-zero waters and you know i 
uh, I don't even remember any of the other stuff. Like, I'm sure he was actually buried alive and he climbed out of a hole in the <laughs> ground. But so the one of the things the article talks about is like, it's 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 so muddled now by this like, look what I did. Look at all the stuff that I did to get into this role. It's and, like saturated in ego at this point. It's like, that's why you should come see it. And it's just, exactly. it's not about that. And then at the end of the article, they talk about how there, there's the, there's some sort of like, it's it's like a Boy Scout patch that you can put on if you mess yes. where you're like, you I actually take this it. job seriously. Like I want to become, I want to become a uh, a Weeblos, you know, like I'm I'm working my way up over here, right? And and I am I'm the top shit. And the article's like that doesn't that doesn't mean anything. Like it does not mean anything for you to. As far as treating it as a higher craft, somebody, and we've talked about this in our past episode too, somebody who walks on set, like uh, Tim Roth, for example, someone mm-hmm. like that who walks on set, gives it his all, and walks off, and you know goes and FaceTimes his kids, and has some drinks at the pub with his uh, uh, crew members and castmates. That dude can be just at, at the exact same place in acting as a craft, as someone like Jared Leto, who literally probably was sleeping with makeup on for the Joker, you know. And he probably gets more out of it. I mean, this article was in response because Jared Leto was, he was mad about all all of his scenes being cut and pretty much saying like, I did all of this for nothing. And so this is something we're going to talk about later in the episode as well. But it's almost like then if, if it was all for nothing, then why be an actor if right. It's not just for the process, you know, people act for the process and, you know, the process of, you know, becoming a character and just letting it unfold. It shouldn't be about the final product because like we're going to talk about with uh, this Pete Holmes episode with Mike Berbigula, it's not promised. You could be cut out. Scenes could be cut out and actors know that um, studios don't promise anything. And the, the it really when you see him moan and groan about those cuts, it it really starts showing his areas where he's not an actor. Like it really feels like he doesn't understand the industry and it really seems like he thought he was a bigger deal than he was as well because And I like I like how you said it earlier when we were talking. He really does sound like a musician turned actor. He does. You know, he's he's not an actor at heart. And if he is, he's right. really not showing me it right now. Because like what I told you was method acting in some ways you could argue is the most in love with acting you can be like I just mm-hmm. love acting like I just want to be my character and I, I just want to live with them I want to be in that skin until we wrap yeah. the film like you could you could argue that that's the most in love way to be with your craft and if if you are of that mindset it does feel like like you you are leaving you're leaving that role whenever you wrap the film and you've you've given everything you could and that's all that you needed. Like you needed to just be in love with that process. You needed to go and do that. And then you get to this part of it and Leto's like, I'm not even in this movie, you know? And it's like, uh, well, and Jared Leto is so talented in so many ways, but it sounds like he doesn't really have a passion. You know, he's so talented in music, so talented with acting, but it's like none of that gives him that sense of fulfillment. And, it's almost kind of sad to me because he's so popular. He's done so much great work in both sides that if none of this fulfills you, what is it in your life that 
you know, is really keeping you going here. Yeah, seriously. I just, yeah, I get the sense that the the Joker was not worth it to him at this point what, because he's like, I, I should have, I should have been amazing on screen. I should have been the best actor. I should have been the best character. I should have been the the scene stealer. And and he's like, it wasn't worth it. And it's like that's really that's no there's no healthy way to to look at acting at any time like that. Like sometimes it, it's not worth it, but that's not the result that tells you it's not worth it. I was gonna try to bring it back to when we talk about the like Buddhist sand uh, thing. How we talk about mm-hmm. it's all about the process. You were even talking about a few weeks ago. You were talking about an artist that you know does paintings, and it's all about the process, not about really what the final product is or maybe how well it sells. But it's just about you know giving yourself to this project and kind of that's kind that's where the fulfillment lies. you're allowed to be upset about it you know i'm like totally i'd probably be frustrated too yeah you you can be upset about it buddy like i I don't care that much but you you need to come to peace with it because you always knew this was going to be a possibility right and well i mean coming back to the musician turned actor it's like maybe you didn't maybe nobody told you that this is what real acting looks like it looks like spilling spilling your blood and possibly somebody cares and possibly they don't like it's you work your ass off and you hope that it gets somewhere but no one no one promised you anything no mike berbigula was on the latest episode of uh pete holmes podcast you made it weird and he was promoting don't think twice and there's there's this one part where he talks about uh working in the film industry uh something that he put in don't think twice that actually is related to his own life is this moment where one of the characters gets this huge opportunity and the other characters have this like little biting envy inside of them where they're like i'm really happy for you and he's like guys now that i've made it we'll all make it like i'm gonna get you a job and you get a car and you get a car and you get a car Mm -hmm. you know like like i'm gonna set everybody up it's gonna be fine now and mike is talking about how like that that is a piece from his own life because he's like people have promised me so many things you know that that have never come true and it's just the industry is not set up for that to happen it's very survival of the fittest yeah it's also very political but it's like some people some people make it and some people don't and don't hate the player hate the game i guess you could say because it's like if if you don't understand that element of of the game then it's not it's not your game to play like you're just it it can happen and and what i really appreciated about uh mike talking about it was he just had this maturity for this like this virtuous patience for it because he talks about all those opportunities like being promised things and he's like I, I don't know that anything is actually a something until it is a something and on screen basically yeah basically he, you know he's he's speaking he gives a few examples directly related to acting but it applies to to coming in on more of like a writer's position or a producer's position on a film like I'm sure he has other stories from those angles too but just he you know he was saying you're going into it with this like okay someone's offering me this opportunity it might happen and then you go and you do the opportunity and he's like that that might be a thing and then he sees the final product and he goes okay it was a thing at any point especially as an actor something that 
that someone is telling you could become not a thing. And it it is an element of the industry that takes a lot of patience and understanding and just like this waiting to see things play out, you know, like just waiting to see what comes. It's hard though. I, I do understand. Um, yeah, I get it. I would love to see what uh, Jenna Malone's response was when she was cut out of Batman versus Superman. That's a great example too. Cause she was in, there was a lot of press with her, the mystery of her character throughout that whole filming. Cause at first they're like, is Jenna Malone the new Robin? And mm-hmm. they were talking about how Robin was a girl in some of the comics and, mm-hmm then you come to realize she's not Robin and that she's cut out. And it's, I can only imagine it'd be frustrating. I think it just, I think it built the mystery too, because people were like, I want to see her character. Like we've been, we've been looking forward to what that was for so long. And now we don't, now we haven't seen it, you know, like now we still want to see it. Right. It is funny that it's such a smaller character than it seemed, it seemed like it was going to be. Oh, one quick thing. I want to refer you to a trailer if you haven't seen it yet. Did you watch the trailer to Allied? Uh, Brad Pitt, Marion Cotillard? No. Oh, my goodness. That's Intense? Gonna, that's going to be a good movie. Mm. It's the new Robert Zemeckis film. Oh. And it's like a World War II drama thriller. And Brad Pitt actually looks like a good actor in it. <gasps> wow. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, he looks really good in this movie. He looks like he's going like full Robert Redford. Like. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, like we cinema whoa. vibes, like serious cinema vibes. That's great. I'll have to watch it. Speaking yeah. of trailers, we did a trailer reaction this week. Oh, that's right. We did. That was a fun trailer reaction. It's always funny when we do these because we don't film them together because we live in opposite sides of the country. And then coming together, it's funny to see all of the uh, similarities that we have and also all of some the of the differences. Because yeah. <laughs> with this one, it was funny because we did the, the trailer reaction was for Resident Evil. And I don't remember anything about it. I know that I binged them in college. And then I said, I don't know if Mathis has seen them. Maybe we watched them together. I don't know. <laughs> and then right after that, Mathis is like, yeah, we watched them together. We binged them <laughs> with our other friend. And then we saw the newest one in theaters. And I had no idea. I remembered after he told me, but it's yeah. just funny. I, I can't I can't stress enough that we are not in the same room because it's it's the whole it's the whole humor of it. Like, we we have no idea what each other are saying. Especially, and in this one, too, I was like, I don't like the music choice. And Mathis is like bobbing his head. He's like, Singing yeah, along. music. Yeah, like, oh, I really like this song. It's so funny. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so funny. Oh, cool thing that I found this week. That it was a huge, like, win for humans moment where I was like, God, humans are great. And I think that's important to talk about how great we are sometimes because we definitely is. are terrible on are terrible on ourselves and terrible on society. We sure and are. That's not always the case. Um, so I don't know if you saw this, but have, uh, there's these new tsunami balls that are created and designed and about to be available for order. Have you seen anything about this? Nope. Okay, they're awesome. So basically, it's this. It's this like homeowner like you can buy this and put it in your house it's this giant steel ball that can come in a one person size a two person size a family size but it's resistant to all natural disasters like you can be inside of it and it's pretty much like an impenetrable ball and 
So I'll read a little bit from the, the article about it, just so you can understand it in a little more uh, science-y way and okay. not just like, it's perfect, you know. <laughs> so, so this one piece from this article on Daily Mail says, the capsule is designed as a variable disaster solution, according to the designers. It's designed to float, so it will never be uh, inundated by water levels rising too high, as they do in tsunami situations. A mm-hmm. self-riding system using water bladders in the bottom prevent it from ever rolling upside down. It can be tethered to prevent it from being washed away with the occupants inside. The designers of the capsule, which uh, of the capsule, which is designed from a hardened aluminum shell and frame, is insulated to keep the occupants warm. It's in- it's intended to keep those inside safe during the initial post-disaster period before rescue cu- rescue crews and relief workers have arrived on the scene. So basically, they've designed these these titanium balls to put in homes, like for people to purchase, and to keep you from being killed by natural disasters, which is amazing. Like, I I wait for the day whenever it's super easy to purchase and install in in homes because that's just such a cool thing where it's like no we're gonna be okay you know like we always figure out ways to make mm-hmm. ourselves okay and i i thought it's it was like a panic thing. room but sphere form yeah i do have two questions you probably don't have answers to them uh how do they breathe there's Is air there supply like, in it okay so if that air supply like it's with uh like oxygen tubes i don't know it does. It just says, like, under the features part, it says there are air supply tanks in it. Okay, so there's and tanks. it has a GPS in it. Good. My and second it has question: water in it. How is it heavy enough to not get taken away by a tornado, but light enough to float in water? It's tethered, so it's it's not okay. that it's like weighted to stay underwater, but it's like tethered to a spot. Okay. I do. I okay. do wonder about tornadoes the thing is is that it's you just roll away yeah exactly you just look out the window you see like a sphere just rolling down the street (laughs) like there goes the gregory's the nice part about if there was a tornado is that i i wonder if the weight would be enough to keep them from turning upside down they definitely will will live through it though because it will stay tethered you know and it won't rip it out of the the ground Um, okay but also the other piece of that is that this is designed more for the Asian market, and they don't get tornadoes in oh. in Asia usually. Hmm. But they th- probably I like think tornadoes are pretty or... exclusively North America. They are. Isn't that weird? It's so weird. I didn't realize it until a few years ago when I was talking to somebody about them, and they were like, "Did you know that there aren't tornadoes in this part of the world?" And I was like, "What?" Like, <clears throat> I don't remember what the part of the world was, but I think I from there I went. Wait, are there tornadoes in Europe? Wait, are there tornadoes in Asia? Like I started. Yeah, you never like, hear about, about. You don't even hear about hurricanes mm-hmm. other places. Mm-mm. Or um, but I mean, tropical it's all, storms. You know, like we don't get tsunamis in America. It's I That's think it's true. it's very, it's very much just depends on the conditions of the environment in different places. Like yeah, tidal conditions. I'm sure there's science articles about it. We should look that up and talk about it. It sounds like a boring discussion, but I'll do it for you. Okay. <laughs> okay um so if anyone didn't listen to our last week's episode uh we do a movie section now so once a week we well because it's a weekly podcast but <laughs> we watch a movie the two of us separately 
obviously. And we come back to the podcast and we discuss what we thought of the movie. And I think it's, I don't know if it's always going to be a movie that we haven't seen. Probably not. Maybe the parameter, though, should be that if we've seen it together, we're going to skip it. Wouldn't that be a good idea? I think, since no, I think we should do it if it's been together? a certain amount of years, then we can watch it. Because I don't remember a lot of the movie. I mean, I remember basics, but when it like Resident Evil, I don't remember anything. And we saw that together. That's true. We'll, t- we'll take it as it comes. That's what we'll do. We'll be yeah. like, oh, okay, we'll watch that. Okay, we'll watch that. And I bet there's okay. only like a few outliers that we won't watch. Right. Like, for instance, I can't think of one. Because we'll watch anything. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. I take back this entire conversation. Yep. Like um, maybe Star Wars. Like we won't do Star Wars. Right, 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 right. So this week's was Avalon. Yeah. And Avalon is a movie from 1990, and it is about a bunch of. Where Polish from Pol- Poland exactly it's about the only a reason of- I know that is because on the subtitles it said speaking Polish there were subtitles well I always watch movies with English subtitles oh. so in the English subtitles it said speaking Polish oh I see I see that makes yeah. sense because I was like I did I not have subtitles and I missed anything that was said in Polish yeah <laughs> exactly no, yeah. they didn't say that uh, so basically the movie is about the this whole family that's slowly making its way to America and you're looking at the first generation that gets here and how they all they all get situated in America, that's like somewhat of the, the prelude material that's sometimes referenced back to. And then mm-hmm. there is the second generation that is like growing up in America. Uh, and you're also seeing some of the third generation as they're younger in the movie. Yes. And one of those is played by a cute little... Frodo! Yeah, little Frodo. I saw him and I was like, Frodo! <laughs> I should Mr. Have Frodo. That's exactly how you would react. Oh my god, it's Frodo. It's Frodo's Frodo. Polish. Um But yeah, so that's basically what the movie's about. Uh you should go first. Okay. I actually did like it. It was you know, good. And there's rarely movies I don't like. I will say that up front. Would I watch it again? No. Mm-hmm. But I still I still enjoyed watching it. The one thing that struck me, especially at the beginning, is a it's very much like my big fat greek wedding in a sense that there's this huge group of people family and i i always respect films that can have 20 to 30 people at a dinner table and have it flow in such a way that it seems real oh absolutely Um, and these actors had some type of rapport where it just felt seamless that they were talking to each other i totally arguments the arguments were so like family they were so silly and family like um one of the main ones is one of the older the grandfather's brother comes to thanksgiving and they had started without him they cut the turkey without him and he comes in with his wife late um which is why they cut the turkey because he was late and he's like you cut the turkey without me Mm -hmm. i'm leaving and he goes outside and he's like come back this is stupid he's like you got the turkey without me it's such a fam like a stupid family argument but it seemed so i don't know it just it seemed real and it was well what i I, what i loved about that scene was that the subtext of it was like everything's changing like our family's being pulled apart things are stressful right now and so like something as simple as that where he's like why couldn't you wait and then 
you know, the, the grandfather, one of the lead characters, it's like, we always wait. You're so mm-hmm. late. Like, we just want to move on with our lives. Like, why can't you make things easy? And There's so much subtext in this yeah, movie. It's, yeah, there is. And it was, it was one of those moments where it was like, well, family's not easy. I'm sorry, you know? Like, things are hard. But, yeah, I totally, I echo what you're saying. The acting is so seamless. Like, the It makes it worth watching great. when you can see mm-hmm. a cast, an ensemble like that really just come together and do really good performances. Yeah, it felt so real. And it's one of those... Um, it's one of those like slice of life movies. So there's not a there's not a heavy plot. It's very much like a character driven movie where you're just mm-hmm. living with them through their lives, and and that kind of stuff always lets actors really just live those characters on screen. Like there's a lot of scenes that are there to learn about the characters and are not there as much to progress the plot. So this is this is up my alley because I'm very. I'm very character driven and uh, these actors just were blowing my mind in a lot of scenes, like especially the, um, the, the main character who was a son of the grandfather. Yeah. Jules, he, I think his name was, uh, no K K that's who it was, you know, Kirk and K. K. Yeah. I know. I think K. his first name was Jules. I think. No, it was K because he changed it from like K Shalkolovic or something to K. And I think his first name was Jules. Last name was K. Oh, really? Yeah, K and Kirk. Those were the last names they changed. They changed wow. their last name from that Kaczynski or whatever to K and Kirk. Oh. Yeah. Okay. This actually would have been a really good movie to watch subtitles with because I just found myself continually turning it up. And I was like, the oh, really? sound mix is not ideal. <laughs> I am trying to hear oh, you Oh, I didn't guys. even notice. Yeah. But I guess I had subtitles on, so... Yeah, that I could see how that would have been super duper helpful. Yeah, um, that's why he was so upset because they changed their last names. You know, they're distance distancing themselves from their family by changing their last name. That makes so much sense. Like I, I could see a parent also getting upset about changing your first name, but that makes more sense that he got super upset. That scene at the bar is so good. Like when they show really up good. and he's like, he got married and I got married too, and. The father's just like, oh, okay, okay. And what I real, what I thought was really beautiful about this film was like, incredibly dramatic things happen in this movie that totally shift worlds for these characters, and the characters yeah. keep going. Like they, it, they're not, they're not hurt by it. I mean, they are hurt by it, but they just live on. And it's just, it, it fits with this period of time in history where like really terrible things happened and yep. people people you always get back up their life yeah they really they really were relentless and i just loved uh with kirk and Kay. they like they were so ballsy like they did things that as far as like their business uh strategies went as far as their endeavors went i was like i can't even believe that they're going for this like every time that they went bigger and bigger they took risks and somehow it all paid off and and it, it was beautiful because it's like they have these conversations where it's like uh, they're trying to buy this huge warehouse at one point and he's like, I have no money. And then the <laughs> other, his cousin is like, this is the perfect time for us to take a risk. You have nothing to lose right. right now, which is a really interesting way to look at it. Like not waiting until you have enough money and then being like, oh, well, now we missed the opportunity. It's like, 
you you are at the perfect point in your life to take every risk possible and and he does it and i was just like i kind of my jaw fell open a little bit you know i was like yeah oh, i can't believe he did it but it, it comes back to that that point in history where it's like we're gonna we're gonna do whatever we want to because this is america and we can do whatever we want to do <laughs> one of my favorite i don't i don't want to like give spoiler scenes i think minor spoilers is okay i think okay this will only it's, it's, make it's people just a funny watch thing the movie more mm-hmm. hopefully so there's this one scene where there's something on fire there's a building on fire mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden there's like furniture falling out of the windows and i was like First of all, why is there furniture? Like, who's pushing these out the window? <laughs> Second of all, I just pictured them as, like, with voices. And they're, like, there's this couch falling out of the window. It's like, let me out of here. I don't know. That's how I entertain myself. Oh, God. You're going to ruin that scene for somebody. Somebody's going to watch it and be like, oh, John said that the couch I, was I found it very distracting. Like, a washer fell out of the window. I'm like, no one's there to push it. They're literally jumping for their lives because the building's know, I will on fire. Admit, I will admit, when things were falling out of the windows, I was like, how what's making them fall out of the windows like and is there like if you floors watch, collapsing and they're turning into like ramps that are shooting things out the windows i don't and if you watch where they're pointing the hoses they're just pointing them at the walls like not even towards the windows it's just like at the wall and i'm like dude the window's well, open you there's fire why, in you it. understood why they were doing that right because so they didn't put the fire out exactly right but i think don't show that then like i get it but you're there in the movie to put the fire out. At no, least I, act I totally like you're pointing it at the window. It, when I it saw was literally <laughs> in the middle of this huge the one brick wall spot and I'm like, where there's Great no job. fire. Yeah, he's like exactly. shooting the hose at. No, I got it too. But when you deal with fires on sets, they're I, so I, controlled. You know, like, right? Shut the fire off. Fire's gone. You know, it's just so. Funny. So if they would have hosed the it, whole they scene, been like, I was just lolling. Oh, we we got the fire off. Really? That was the most devastating scene in the whole movie. Right. It hurt so much to watch. I was like, "Ugh!" But it's so good. It's the worst. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I found it really really enjoyable. Well, you know what's I do too. What's weird is that this director Barry Levinson. I saw that name and I was like, I know that name. And then I, That's I look on the exactly what I thought. Really? Yeah, yeah. but. Mi- but but then I looked on the poster and it said from the director of Good Morning Vietnam and Rain Man, and I was like, Oh, uh-huh. wow, this guy's a big deal, right? And then I looked up his career, and like basically after this movie, I, I don't know what happened, but it's like nothing is, nothing is as memorable as like Rain Man and Good Morning Vietnam. Like he like makes those movies, he makes uh-huh. Vietnam, and then he does like Toys, Disclosure, Sleepers, Wag the Dog, Sphere, Bandits, Envy, Man of the Year, What Just Happened, like a bunch of movies that Duds. nobody watched. Yeah, yeah, it it was just. I was like, this is so weird. And, you know, going off of that, Avalon is one of those movies that it was like a great movie made in the 90s that nobody watched again. You know, right. It's like a, it's a super forgotten movie, which happens every year. You know, there's so many movies that it doesn't matter how good they are. Movies just go forgotten. And this is definitely one of those movies. I think it needed a better title. I think the title's forgettable. It is. Yeah. Cause even I felt when like he they could have somehow made it. Even when they were talking about Avalon, I was like, "Wait, what is Avalon?" Is exactly, Avalon a building? it was a neighborhood it a district. It's, okay, yeah, it's a neighborhood. I really, which did. I got from reading the subtitles. I liked, I liked the, yeah, exactly. That's why I didn't get it. I liked, mm-hmm. I liked the the use of the Fourth of July in the movie a lot. Oh yeah, 
I was like, that's... it was stunning. Like, yeah. especially that first scene where there's fireworks mm-hmm. and you can see him through the puddles that he's walking through. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, it was, it was, it was so dreamy. I was like, this so is so dreamy. So dreamy. It was so really dreamy. cool. It was really cool. I liked that scene a lot too. Did you, yeah. I, I text you cause I started it before you did. And I was worried about you cause it was older. Did you, what I, what I text you was, it takes a little bit to get into it, but then it gets good. Did you feel that way? Yes, I mm-hmm. did. I was occupying myself. I usually don't like go on my computer when I watch movies if I'm trying to like actually watch it, but I was mm-hmm. on my computer. So I was kind of doing two things at once. So that's probably why I didn't think of it. Oh, I see. As much. I think oh, to do see. people to see, you know? <laughs> hey, you still, you still watch it. I mean, I can't hate you that much. Yeah. I can just hate we you. We should a have bit. the next one be a little newer. Can we do well, that? Well, next week, our movie is going to be Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, which the person who recommended it has been trying to get me to watch for a very long time. And yes. And I do look forward to watching it because I think it was like a, I think it was like a Sundance movie or a South by Southwest movie. So, definitely. It has that type of feeling. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm really into that feeling. Um, so I'm sure I'll like it. And I've just been putting it off too long. And the, now you the have person, to watch it. The person who recommended it would say yes. Yes, you have. You have been putting it off too long because you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we'll check in next week and tell you what we think of watch that. Watch it with us, peeps. Yeah, please watch it with us. Uh, and definitely watch uh, everything as we're watching it too and you can get involved with the conversation and and let yeah. us know what you thought. I want to wrap this episode up with a uh, quick little inspirational, spiritual, motivational I do, I Tony do. Robbins segment. <laughs> You I do. do. Of course you do. Oh, funny you say Tony Robbins. He's on Did Super Bowl Sunday new? this week. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. But they showed a clip of it. Looks intense. You watch Super Soul Sunday? I do. I I have. That doesn't surprise much. me because you're a big Oprah fan. I I like certain parts of Oprah. Yeah, that's definitely one part of her I like. I think that's like Oprah for the last ten years has been everybody's yeah. like. I like parts of Oprah. You know. Yeah. I like a lot of parts of Oprah. I will give. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I like her. Okay, I like her. I'm I sorry. like her eyes. I like her I like, fingers. I like, I like her everything voice. about her. Okay, I like how she <laughs> smells. I like her hair color. I like her hairstyle. Uh, anyways, so this topic for this week is this was this is coming back to what I was saying at the top of the episode about really feeling like a filmmaker this week. I I've been having this sensation where, like I was saying, we're so close to shooting this movie, and I am constantly working on it like it's even a surprise that i'm recording this episode with you right now john i don't know where this this time came in my schedule but for you you, make time for me i do yeah for you anything yeah uh but outside of hello and to do and my job basically all of my time is in uh just remain just remains the name of our our film so i've been i've been pouring all of my time into it and it's been wearing me out. I haven't felt like this since college, you know? Like, I feel so tired. But I feel... <laughs> and you did I not sleep this... in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, have to sleep. I do have to sleep a little bit more now just because I do work yes. all day long. So it's like this terrible feeling of, oh, I actually have to sleep. And it's a conversation for another time, but I hate sleeping. I don't remember if I've ever brought it up on the podcast, but... No, because I would have said I love sleeping, and I do. <laughs> and I would have remembered saying I love sleeping. I do. Uh, adieu? Did you say adieu? Are we ending the episode? Okay. <laughs> Bye, John. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, I do. <laughs> the, but the thing is, is despite feeling this tired, there there's this like phenomenon that happens for me whenever I whenever I get this this way with film where I feel super alive and I feel like I'm really I'm pressing into something that I have to do for the rest of my life and that sort of thing really lights me up like in in a really emotional and physical way where like I'm very attuned and I'm very alert and I'm very into what I'm doing and the only reason why I hate sleep is because it makes me stop doing that you know and I don't I don't want to stop can't stop won't stop I started realizing this week as that phenomenon was happening, you know, as I was just pouring all of my free time into something that I really cared about. And as it was like waking me up, I I started realizing how important it is for no matter where you're at in your life, for you to be pouring yourself into your passions, like the things that you really love, the things that you, when you do them, you're like, I was meant to do this. Or even, even if it's just a small thing, like working out, isn't something that I guess I mean people could argue that it I can't say that it's something that you shouldn't do or something that makes you feel like oh I was meant to do this like you could say you could say that you were meant to do that so I won't even put that tack on on that topic but something like working out could be something that it doesn't matter how tired you are it doesn't matter how busy you are like you have to find time and do it because when you do it you feel so awake and you feel so right with who you are and, like you have and purpose, exactly. And I just, I'm, I'm realizing, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter how tired I am. It doesn't matter where I, I am putting other engagements of time right now by, by putting, by putting so much focus and all that free time into our film. I am, I, I am this new, at this new comfort with my identity. And one of the things that I heard in the Pete Holmes podcast with uh, Mike Berbigula was he was talking about actually I think Pete said it he said that we really have to get into the things that we do like we have to do our passions we have to like be all about them because when you press into passions you find yourself and when I when I press into this stuff when I pour myself into my passions when I when I force myself to make time for those things the reason why they're waking me up is because I'm finding myself. I'm, I'm finding like one of those little elements where I'm like, I'm not just this speck of dust on a planet that will be gone one day. Like I I'm Mathis and I'm, I'm like this, this is who I am. You know, like it's this, it's this moment where life is really important. My life is really important to me and it doesn't have to be really important to other people. It's just, it's just like, this is doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, like this is this is everything. This is this is what I'm here to do. And I think that's why the tiredness is like will fade away in those moments where like, yeah, I only slept 4 hours last night, but for some reason I feel amazing right now. It's that effect. And also, I mean, by the grace of God, I'm still alive, you know, <laughs> because like I am so uh so busy and so overwhelmed. And I'm just like, Lord Jesus, carry me, me through. Strength. Yeah, give me strength. Uh, but yeah, do you have anything you want to tack onto that? I think that it's something yeah, that... I, I have a few things. First yeah, of all, I'm I very happy be... for you. Thank you, John. I am. You know I am. Of course. Um, I think this whole process of the short film has been awesome. I think you're I following your dreams, and I'm just so proud of you. Um, 
Dad, so yeah, I'm I agree with everything you're saying. I think it's very, very important to find something that really gives you that sense of purpose because speaking from experience, it sucks if you don't think that you have any type of purpose in this world. Like the world is very dark if you feel like you have no reason for being It's dark if you let it be dark. Right. But I'm just saying there are times Mm -hmm. where people feel dark because they don't, you know, they don't feel like they do have purpose. Um, And... I think a I think it's easy to say when you're when you have the opportunity to do the thing that you're passionate about like right now you are fortunate that you have this opportunity to make a short film you know all these things lined up so it's easy to say in that moment to follow your passions and it really livens you up Um, but some people it's 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 hard because sometimes it's you know the time's not right maybe I don't mm-hmm. know. There's a, a lot of different factors, but maybe the time's just not right. Maybe you don't find you financially just can't do the thing that you want to do at the time. But in saying that, I think there's always little steps that you can take towards your passion. You know, yeah. you may not be able to do what you want to do today or tomorrow, but there's always little things you can do to prepare yourself for when you do have that opportunity later down the road. And I think that's what you've done. You know, you've worked on this script for a long time. You've worked on your screenwriting, you know, these past several years. So you've been preparing yourself in little ways for this opportunity. Um, But I can I can just hear my old self and also other people listening where, you know, they a don't know what their passion is. I think that's also a frustrating element. Um, But B, they just feel like it's, you know, the cards are just not in the right place at the moment. So no, that's, I think that's a perfectly, that's a perfectly good <laughs> other side of the argument, but it sounds like you had something else to say. So good. No, I feel like I'm just going to repeat myself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's yeah. It, and it is one of those, I mean, what, what's filling me with a lot of conviction right now is like, it's, it's one of those things where you have to fight to not let anything get in the way of it, you know? Right. Where, it, and it's, I don't know, it's sneaky because even things that seem good can get in the way of it. And and passion is one of those things where you do have to put a lot of other stuff down to to go into it. And those things might not even be bad things, but it does come to this point where you go, what do I love to do? Okay, I love to do that, but... Uh, this is keeping me from doing that and this is keeping me from doing that and this is keeping me from doing that and you know to like really just find all the things that keep you from doing it and figure out like what you can what you can do to be able to do it like even in the smallest step like you were saying and there's a lot of things that that sometimes you have to let go you know for passions well and i think a lot of it is just time i that reminded me of an example in Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert's book that we talked about way early in the podcast. Um, yeah, I actually thought about ex- ordering it today. I'm going to oh, read really? it. I'm going to read it after we shoot this dang film. You should. Um, I will. She gave a really great example of this woman who was like in her 40s and really all she ever wanted to do was ice skate. And so, you know, she had a family. She had all these things that, you know, she can't just put down to, you know, right. become this ice skater. And she's older. I mean, you can't really, unfortunately older adults don't succeed at professional ice skate skating. It's just kind of a, an unfortunate thing. But what this woman did was she got up early in the morning and went to the rink like at five and just ice skated. She took lessons and that was enough for her to really fuel her passion. You know, she didn't 
do it professionally. Oh she did it because God. she wanted to ice skate. And so what she did, she just got up early and she did it before her kids got up for school. And then she came back and she just lived her day and she felt fueled by that. John, you that know? I have goosebumps. That that's, that's exactly big magic. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's hard. Like you, it is. It's so. I mean, it's Expl- fucking hard. It is. It is. Like it is so hard. Especially, and it's going to be even harder for the kids younger than us because we grow up in an environment where really the only thing you get recognized for is by being popular or being the best at something. And it's un- it's really unfortunate because even I feel it. Like I feel like you have mm-hmm. to be known in order to feel like you've done anything worthwhile. Um, I see that. But yeah. I feel like that's just an example of, you know, it doesn't have to be this grand thing. You just have to figure out what you want to do and just do it little by little so that it fuels you. That is such a good story. Because it's for one, it, it was so hard for her to do that. Like I can only imagine what it would be just to get up early enough to ice skate as a mother. Like that was, that sounds really complicated for one but then for two it's like her age didn't stop her and she did not have to like you were just saying she did not have to be like some sort of world recognized anybody like it's it's so much bigger than that because it's so much smaller than that like it's so it's so much deeper than Mm -hmm. than being recognized for something it's something that just like it it's it's everything you know it's it, it carries you through your day. And it's not to right. say that the other things that you're doing aren't good things. And it's not to say that you shouldn't be doing them, but there's, there's that, that little piece of, you know, magic as Elizabeth Gilbert would call it, that really, it stirs you up and it makes it, it puts this like cloud over everything else. You know, it just like, it, it mixes into your day to day life. It, it needs, yeah. it needs to be there. Like it's, 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 it could be, a, it could easily be a neglected part of who you are, you know, and it is yeah. for a lot of people. And I just really, obviously, like you said, I'm at the high right now. Like I'm feeling it and I know it, how important it is. And I do, I do give that like prelude to what I'm about to say, but I just, I urge everybody to really just press in and find that, that thing, you know, because it's, right. you want to be wrapped up in that cloud, you know, you want your mm-hmm. life to be filled with that, that sweetness that like that honey that's just drenched over all of your your outlooks all of your your personal relations all of your business relations it is what we call vital and vital anyways i'm i'm excited to uh you know report back to the podcast how everything goes obviously yes it's going to be it's going to be huge it's going to be great um i'm excited for any time that i hear about anything like that woman with ice skating because I think yeah. that I think that we all need to be doing it. I do too. It's it's power to you. It is. Anyways, I'm gonna take off my Tony Robbins pants now. Yeah, take those off. Those are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right guys, thanks for tuning in. Um if you wanna be a part of our conversation, really email us, tweet us. Email is hello and do at gmail.com, H E L L O A N D A D I U at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Hit us up on the Twitter, hello and adieu, rate and subscribe, and review on iTunes. It helps people find us. We got a really nice email from someone this past week who oh found us because of, you know, people reviewing and rating us um, through iTunes. It was a great so, email. Yeah, it was really, it was really sweet. So, yeah. yeah, we're glad you guys are tuning in with us and have an awesome week. 
Yes. Have an awesome week. Find Be your amazing. passion. Find your passion. Adieu, Mathis. I do, Matt. Adieu, adieu. Yes. <laughs> like, we're just ending it. Adieu. <laughs> Bye for now. <laughs>